Folks came from all around, from near and from far. Just to sit here at the house of mercy, waiting for the waters to stir. Just to sit here at the house of mercy, waiting for the waters to stir. Is it easier to know there is a God, to see God, or merely preferable? I don't know. I just came up with it on the way down here. It wasn't my best work. <laughs> I thought it was pretty yeah. good, considering, you know. Good to see everyone here, yeah. sitting mm -hmm. here waiting for the waters to stir, as you do every week. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here. We have some special things happening tonight, right? Oh, yeah, super special things. I'm so glad that you all came out for them. Yeah, the Mercy Lounge. This is the final day of our pledge drive, and we want to thank all the pledgers in the Mercy Lounge. There's going to be cocktails, mocktails, and appetizers right after church. It's also a chance to pledge if you haven't pledged yet. And you know what? If you don't want to pledge, you don't have to. You can still come to the party and have a couple drinks. Absolutely. Let's say, oh, I'm just visiting. Come anyway. It's going to be fun. There's going to be cocktails. You'll have a few, maybe a few more. Then you might pledge. It's not like the plan, but, you know, <laughs> if it happens. Um, also, let's say that you were like, you're offended by the notion of pledging. Please still come and have a cocktail because <laughs> you have a couple more and you know, <laughs> doesn't seem as offensive. All right. Yeah. Should we hear that, uh, you know, that... Great jingle one more time. For yeah, the there you go. Day. Let's hear it. I mean, I think it explains all the reasons you want to pledge right in. It's oh, yeah, all yeah. the reasons you want to pledge. Because we really just came up with the idea, right, that if everybody who pledged gave us 34 more dollars a month, that chasm that uh, was created by COVID would completely disappear for only $34 more. Yeah. Plus, you get so much. $34 gets a lot, $34 gets a lot, God is good and hell is hot, $34 gets a lot. Some of that a yeah. lot is a hat, a P-Star hat, yeah, a, a mug, hat, stickers, a mug. Uh -huh. yeah. And uh, every week you get one free drink. It's little, but it comes with a little piece of bread, too. So, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, let's say hello to the hardest working band in the church pan business. It's the grand old Grievous Angel Bands. Good to see you guys. We'll be ready with our jingle next week. All right, Jonas, good to see you back here, hanging down, holding down the bottom end, as we say. All right. What else we got to say? I think we're going to mention Condomas. Condomas is, uh, maybe you know, uh, it's also the Feast of Bridget. It's, uh, this year it falls on February... We're going to celebrate it February 5th. We're going to celebrate it February 5th, and it's, uh, you come here, you bring a candle from your home, or we'll, or we'll have plenty here, and we all come together, we light these candles, and then you take the light of that community and love back into the still, chilly night in your home, and uh, that will keep you warm until the thaw in May. <laughs> so uh, come here. There's also pie, also pie. 
So that is on when again? February 5th. Condelmas. All right. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. With the chorus. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, blessed Lord. Let it be. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Blessed Lord, close to Thee, just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, blessed Lord, let it be. Through this world of toil and care, if I falter, hear my prayer. None but thee my grief will bear. None but Thee, blessed Lord, none but Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, blessed Lord, let it be. When this fleeting life is o'er, and I tarry here no more, guide me to that peaceful shore. Let me walk, blessed Lord, close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Let it be, blessed Lord, 
prayer of invocation. God of mercy, we come in here feeling all sorts of different ways, wanting, needing different things, but we gather together to look for something, warmth or wisdom or mercy. Come and give us what we seek, or maybe something different than we even know to look for, or help us give it to each other, even if we don't really know what we're doing, love or redemption or freedom. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's share a sign of peace. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, could I ask you to join me in giving a warm House of Mercy welcome once again to the versatile, the talented, the magical Mr. Mike Schultz. I don't think I've ever been magical before. That's great. I've been thinking a lot lately about um, about lives, how many lives I've had. Um, there, there are people that I know who don't know that I play guitar. There are other people that I know that have no idea that I've ever been a machinist or teach math or whatever. It's like you get to a certain age and I feel like I've had six or seven lives already and hopefully I'll have a few more. But uh, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. There's a couple songs with that in mind. If I can remember them. hand well, I'm sitting out here on my back porch baby with a, a cigarette burning down now why does the evening lay on this city like a fever shaking in the dark and why does the evening lay on the city like a glove around my heart yesterday she took one look in my eyes and shook her head she said you've been looking for angels again and she was right I'm trying to pin a halo on everybody's head now why why She said, wait, just you wait. And I believed her, you know I saw truth. Well, in her eyes, she was living with an angel out on the strip in a beat-up house. But it didn't matter. She saw whatever it was she wanted. 
Why does the evening lay on this city like a fever shaking in the dark? And why does the evening lay on this city like a glove around my heart? I guess that one wasn't so much about lives, but... the fish for its nutrition and the fish loves the man for his persevering mind and they might love each other but the blood comes the blood comes because opposites don't attract they just collide you see yourself in pictures Moving backwards slowly And the features lose their line And the houses you've lived in and the brick and the woodwork Shuffle through your aggravated mind smile and perfume outline pain-filled eyes and heavy makeup pushes bruises even deeper as she hides her shame where everyone can find you see yourself in pictures moving backwards slowly and the old get younger again and again the lives you've lived through, the pain and the glory blows you forward like a wind. And 
Thank you. I invite you to join me in the prayers of community. After each prayer or petition, I'll say, God, in your mercy, and I invite you to respond, hear our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, help us not to be paralyzed by the thousand things that paralyze us. The enormity of the task, the lack of clear paths, the cynicism about every attempt. Help us give something or resist something or confess something to dislodge the everyday machine that makes the rich richer and the poor poorer. We pray this for ourselves and our leaders across the world, for justice. God, in your mercy, help us not to proceed through our days afraid of being who we are, human, fallible, imperfect, Help us not to do harm in our attempts to hide it, projecting and judging and lying. Free us somehow from our fear. Help us trust in your love that gives life to us and the world. Help us not to be afraid to be who we are, a bit rigid maybe, or occasionally irresponsible, introverted or attention-seeking. You delight in us as we are. Help us sit in your loving gaze and learn your ways. And help us practice, even if we don't have it down completely. Thank you for your thorough acceptance. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, come and help us know how to live. Not some grand scheme or plan, but as we walk or hobble in our bodies through the day. Help us interact with other people kindly, without judgment. Help us be grateful for our food, our beds, the shelter over our heads, water. Help us find pleasure in the things we have to do. And if that seems impossible, then free us from the tyranny of the unsatisfying and the hopeless. Help us wake up and love and be hopeful. And if this is somehow a chemical or circumstantial impossibility, lead us to it somewhere, somehow, just a moment every day. God, in your mercy. Help those who are mourning losses or fearing losses. We pray for the elderly. We pray for those who are in need of healing. For Gwen and Asher and Dudley's sister, We pray for healing, for good results, strengthened joints and hearts and eyes. We pray for relief from pain in whatever form it takes. God, in your mercy, help us know that you're with us. Remind us of the transforming capacity of mercy as we pause now for silent prayer. Thank you for the mercy. Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. 
On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, 
What concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother then said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Epiphany. This is the season of Epiphany in the church year. This is the Epiphany season. Epiphany is the season of the church year that follows Christmas and uh, precedes Lent. Uh, it's the time, it's, Epiphany is about when uh, God reveals God's self to the world, God's presence in the world to the, oh, Bill, Billy, sorry, I, um, I just wanted to remember to tell you that at the end of the sermon, I'm going to mention something about Billy, and you're going to be like, did he mention Billy early, earlier? I don't, I don't get it. So, now you've heard the name. Now you know. So Epiphany, the holiday or feast or celebration, is the day that, um, isn't it weird? Isn't it weird like what you call it makes it seem totally different? Like if you call Epiphany a holiday, it makes it seem like you get the day off school or work, you know? And if you call it a feast, like the Feast of Epiphany, it seems like you get to sit at a long wooden table in a castle and eat one of those big turkey legs and drink meat out of a pitcher. But if you call it a celebration, like the celebration of Epiphany, it just seems like something fake. I mean, right? It just seems like something fake because if you say, oh, it's the celebration of Epiphany, like you know you're not really going to have a celebration of Epiphany. Like, what would that, what is that? And, and really, when you, when you think about it, um, we don't really have feasts like that either. Although I wouldn't mind that, you know. And of course, you are never going to get off work or school for Epiphany. So Epiphany, if you think about it, could seem kind of lame. Just another thing in the uh, non-regular accepted by people calendar, the church calendar. If you think about it, Epiphany could seem minor, but it's not. It's not lame, it's not minor. It's about seeing God, or God making God's, making an appearance, God revealing God's self. Or you know, specifically it's Jesus being revealed to people as God, as the Messiah, the Messiah of God. This event, 
And what does it mean when we call it an event? I don't even, I haven't thought about that. This event or this occasion is remembered or marked or noted usually on January 6th, which is the 12th day of Christmas, the actual Epiphany Day. In the Eastern Church, it's the 19th of January, which is still the 12th day of Christmas. But in the East, they have different calendars. Um, and that particular day gives name to this entire weeks long season of Epiphany. I know this is not going very far and making it seem like not lame, um, but it's not. I said that already. Think about it. A manifestation of God, God revealing God's self. There's a whole season about God showing God's self to the world. Epiphany, of course, is also used to talk about a sudden intuitive perception of or insight into the reality or essential meaning of something usually initiated by some simple homely or commonplace occurrence or experience, which is super great. Have you ever had an epiphany like that? Where it's just all of a sudden you, I have. I have, where all of a sudden you're thinking about something or not thinking about something, and then you notice like a tree. And it makes you realize, you know, something. You have an intuitive perception of or insight into the reality or essential meaning of, you know, something. I love it when that happens. It's just like a brilliant ray of sunlight shines on something and you see it for the first time. You see for the first time what it really is, what it's really all about. You understand, you suddenly get it. Understand it, realize what? See, what they don't tell you in the, about epiphanies on dictionary.com is uh, that you almost never remember the epiphany. Wikipedia doesn't mention the fleeting nature of epiphanies. I had an epiphany, a sudden realization, insight into the essential meaning of something. But I don't really remember what these things are. It's more like I remember the sensation of an epiphany, but not really the content. And even if I remember the content, it doesn't seem quite to have the same weight as it did in the actual epiphany moment. Have you had this experience of an epiphany? You know, you have this, you have this epiphany, and then you don't remember what it's about later. I even wrote it down one time, having, you know, lived a long time, having had these insight, these great epiphanies, where I feel transformed, I, deeply one with the universe, finally really is in that one thing, only to not remember what it is. So I, one time I wrote it down. I had this epiphany. I know I wanted to remember it. I wrote it down and I stuck it in my journal and forgot about it and put it in my journal. But when I was writing this sermon, I remembered that I had one time written it down and stuck it in my journal. And I went and I hunted it down yesterday and I found it. And you know what it said? God loves us. I mean, I think it's true, but, you know, not really the zing it seemed to have at the time, you know? I mean, it's nice. God loves us. Good. Back at you, God. You know? God loves us. 
I mean, I remember having this epiphany vividly, but I didn't remember that God loves us parts. I mean, I remember it was two winters ago. I was standing on my back porch. It was so cold, so cold out, like 20 below. And I was going from my car to the back door, trying to get into the house as fast as I could because I was freezing. And I stepped up onto my porch and this moon, there was this really bright moon and it stopped me. It stopped me and I looked. I looked up and the moon, at the moon and I exhaled. And I could see the moisture in my breath begin to freeze, to crystallize. Like the moon was reflecting off this crystallized moisture from my breath and it overwhelmed me. It was a physical feeling. This realization was so profound and so beautiful that tears welled up in my eyes. I remembered all that. I remembered the moon, my breath, the flood of emotion, but I did not remember the content of the epiphany until I pulled out that scrap of paper, God loves us, huh? Now, that doesn't seem like necessarily new information, of course, you know. Do you ever confuse, this could just be me, do you ever confuse Jesus and Robin Hood? You know, like they're both, they, like, you know, they're both living way back in olden times, right? You know, and they both wore kind of olden times clothes, right? They walked around the countryside with a band of merry men. Stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, turning over the money changers tables in the temple, escaping before the guards could get them. You know, Jesus is walking along in Sherwood Forest and he looks up and sees Zacchaeus hiding in that tree. You know, they both have followers named John. They're both lords, right? Robin of Loxley, he's the Lord of Loxley. He goes off to fight in the Crusades as a very young man, but realizes war in the name of God is meaningless, so he returns to England to live a life of peace and simplicity, but refers, returns to find that an evil regime is oppressing the people, and he is branded a criminal for standing up to the powers, and he takes to the forest with his 12 disciples and teaches them how to use bows and arrows. But He's always showing up at the castle in disguise and freeing someone or disrupting some feast, getting the better of the sheriff of Nottingham or the high priest or the scribes or Pontius Pilate, stealing the food and the wine from the feast and then giving it to the poor villagers. Today's text is one of those Robin Hood Jesus stories that Isaiah read. Jesus shows up to this grand wedding with his disciples, and no one really notices him or knows who he is. His mother is there, Lady Mary, as it, it, it happens in all the merriment that the wine runs out. And Lady Mary, knowing who her son truly is, asks him to do something about it. And he feigns surprise, almost offense. Mother, what has that to do with me? Uh, my time has not yet come. But Lady Mary tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. 
Jesus is moving around the edges of the party with a sly grin. You know, he spies these six stone jars that are used for purification rituals, sacred vessels. He motions over the servants and tells them to fill them to the top with water. Then he tells the servants to draw some out, and he takes it to the steward, and the steward tastes the water, which has now become wine. And he calls to the bridegroom, and he says to him, well done, impressive. Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you've kept the good wine until now. He slaps the groom on the back. The groom looks over and catches Robin Hood, Jesus' eye, and Jesus smiles turns to the servant that brought the wine to the steward and wakes. The steward says to the servant, what are you waiting for? Serve the incredible wine. And the party goes on. The merriment is saved by Mary. And they all raise a glass to her son who pretends that he does not know what she is making such a big fuss about. But wait a minute. This is Epiphany? This is God revealing God's self in Jesus? Nobody even realized that a miracle happened, except a couple servants and his mom. Epiphany is just God revealing God's self to a couple servants and the mom? It practically seems so like nothing, so small. Surely there could be some better way for God to reveal God's self. In Emerson's essay on love, Emerson says that in our journey through life, we first are in love with ourselves. And as we grow older and mature, we come to be able to love another person. And finally, as we grow older, we have the capacity to love that which is completely outside ourself and outside of our control. We come to learn to love God. Billy had it backwards, or he felt he must have. Billy was the kind that when you looked at him, it was hard to tell if he was 29 or 69. And sometimes he had the air of an 80-year-old man or an 8-year-old boy. Both are eager, curious, confident, not yet capable of filtering his thoughts and emotions, expressing himself readily without regard. At other times, it was easy to see in him a very, very old man, weary, Pensive, and a carriage that bore the signs of a lifetime under gravity's pull. He had always found Emerson both simplistic and confounding. Surely life and love do not move in an ordered progression from the self to the infinite. At his age, whatever we might guess it could be, Billy thought things like love and God should have long been settled, worked out, understood. But we know differently. We know a secret 
that we are not telling Billy. You've strayed from the fold, and there's trouble in your soul. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is lost in sin, and you're at your journey's end, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you, calling you. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? will take you by the hand, lead you to the promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? As you journey day by day and temptation comes your way, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? If you follow in His light, He will always guide you right. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you, calling you Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? He will take you by the hand, lead you to the promised land Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is burdened down and your friends cannot be found Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? If you follow him each day, he will brighten up your way. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? Calling you, calling you. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling?